So, Leslie, did you know that the typical household spends 1500 bucks a year on energy bills? And if you're writing checks this weekend, you sure do know. But Uncle Sam can help you shave up to 450 bucks off your energy costs. So gather up your energy bills and hit MoneyPit.com. Click on Ideas and Tips, then click Estimators and Calculators, and use the Energy Star Home Energy Yardstick to save some bucks on your house. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now. 888-MONEY-PIT. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it Coast and floorboards to shingles. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by to help you tackle your home improvement projects to help you solve your do-it-yourself dilemmas. Look around your house right now. What do you want to do? What do you want to fix? What do you want to improve? What do you want to maintain? Call us with those questions. We will help you with the answers. 888-666-3974. Our website is moneypit.com. Another great reference for you with thousands of articles about home improvement, most of which we have written ourselves. Leslie, what are you tackling this week? Well, I've got actually lots of things on my mind involved in the house. We're thinking about getting a new boiler. Ah, a new boiler. Now, that is a perfect summertime project. Well, it's a good time to think about it, I think. Well, you know why? Because the manufacturers and the the, the uh, installers are going to be competing for your business. They're not sitting around waiting for those no-heat calls. So they've got plenty of time to like search for the best price and give you the best price for that job. Well, you know, when we had our last service done at the end of the season in the spring, um, the guy was looking at our, our boiler, and he said, wow, this is in great condition considering it's 35 years old. And I thought... Hmm, gee, isn't the general lifetime about 30 years on a pretty good boiler? It, like, it is, it is. Um, and if I remember your your boiler, because I've been to your, I've seen your boiler. In mm-hmm. fact, whenever I go to Leslie's house, she insists. I make I, him look around at things. I go look around her boiler and make sure it's okay. Hey, when you have a home inspector as a buddy, you put him to work. <laughs> but I think your boiler is cast iron, and cast iron boilers can, can last 35 or 45 years. So it's not that old, but the thing that you could pick up is efficiency. So if y'all are thinking about changing your heating system, you will pick up efficiency, and also you could qualify for an energy tax credit mm-hmm. if you get an Energy Star rated boiler. So good reasons to tackle a heating system improvement this summer. And the only thing is they were saying that because the new models are so much more efficient and emit less heat, you have to get a chimney liner so that it doesn't back up de- back down into the house because otherwise the chimney is too cold and it doesn't control the airflow and the exhaust going from the unit itself. Yeah, you know why that is? It, it's because it's because of condensation. That's See, what they the, were telling me. The gases that will come up will condense, and that con- that conden- that condensation is very acidic. It can eat away at the chimney. So that's true. If you're putting in a high efficiency heating system, you may need to line your chimney, but that doesn't have to uh, add a whole bunch of expense to it. We did one here at my house. We lined it with a stainless steel liner and it added only a few hundred dollars to the total cost so we're going to be doing some research because i'd rather do it before it breaks that's a good project for this summer well speaking of home improvement projects what do you do if you're in the middle of one and you notice that your dog or cat is just not acting right could your pet have possibly gotten into some home improvement materials, perhaps taken a drink of paint or stain or or even stepped on something or 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 swallowed a nail or a screw? 
Well, it's possible, especially if you've got a little dog like mine, like Daisy, who wants to be in everything. And most animals are really curious. So later this hour, we're going to talk to the head of the ASPCA's Animal Poison Control Center about what you can do to keep your pet safe during your home improvement projects. Also this hour, we're giving away an auto kit from Tomboy Tools. The kit is worth 83 bucks and has everything you'll ever need in case of a breakdown or accident. We'll choose one caller from today's program to win, so call us now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Sandy in Rhode Island's up next, and you're having some roof situations. What's going on? Well, my roof is, is pretty much in good shape, but I have some trouble spots. And I have um, two stacks where the water is leaking in in the inside, and I also have um, flashing apparently uh, um, where there's a connection to a porch in a study that it's coming in. And my question is, how do I go about the, the companies that I've called tend to do just whole roofs and not repairs. So what do I look for when, you know, I'm calling and what I just want to be sure that I'm, I'm getting quality, that they're using the right nails and that they're doing the repair correctly, and I wonder if you have some guidance. Sure. It sounds to me like you're experiencing what is the very most typical type of roof leak, and that's a flashing leak. You mentioned protrusions like the plumbing vent stacks that come through the roof. You mentioned chimneys. You mentioned intersections. And how old is your roof shingles right now? I do not know. Um, How long have you been in the house? I've been in the house eight years, and I was told that a couple of years before I moved in, the roof was put on, and no one can really tell me. I know that it's only a single layer, and it's a cape. It's a 1935 cape, but the roof Mm -hmm. is relatively, you know, They've said it's in, it's, it's in good condition, so it's not a question of repairing or replacing the whole roof. Yeah, it's just a question of finding out where the leaks are. I, I think what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to do some phone work to find a roofing company that's willing to do a repair and not simply sell you a new roof. If the shingle's intact, the shingle's not cracked, it's not deteriorated, it's not broken, it's not damaged, then there's no reason to replace the shingles. This is simply a repair project, not a replacement project. Now, having said that, I want to warn you that there were some fiberglass shingles that are now about 10 to 15 years old that were defective and they have fissures that go through them and, and cracks. And if it turns out that you have any defective shingles, then you might need to replace it. But that will be obvious to you. You may have to be on a, on a ladder to see it, but you'll see fissuring and alligatoring through the shingle. And if that's what you see and that seems to be causing the leak, then you do need to replace the roof. But in most cases, it's just the flashing that has to be fixed. And you're just going to have to find a roofer or repair person that's willing to make those repairs. They're out there. Um, but they take a few extra calls and just saying, hey, I want a new roof. You know what I mean? What about a stack? How do I know if I need a new stack? Is that a company? Well, when you say stack, well, are you talking? I don't talk- know if I'm using the right term. Whatever sticks out of the roof. Well, you, there's a lot of things that stick out of the roof. There's <laughs> so a chimneys, new chimney or? There's vent pipes. I thought you meant the plumbing vent stack. Well, that, that, I, that's the one that's over the bathroom, and leaking is coming in through that. Well, that's a very simple repair. There's a piece of plumbing vent flashing that's available with a rubber boot. That's the same size as the pipe. If it's a two-and-a-half-inch pipe or a three-inch pipe, it simply gets slipped over the top and shingled around. That's all you need to do. Now, it's also possible to tar around the areas that are deteriorated because there's a rubber gasket that typically breaks down there. But frankly, if you're going to have a roofer there, I would, I would rather have him replace it because it's not that big of a deal to do, and, and it's, it's going to last a lot longer. Robert in Oklahoma is up next, and you're thinking about laying some sod. Brand new yard, huh? Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, we've got a slight slope. It's not big hill, but it's a sloped terrain. Okay. And it's Bermuda grass, and in spots it's real beautiful, dark green and thick, and in some spots it's just bare rock, dirt, dried soil. <laughs> mm, okay. And I'm trying, for the last two and a half years, um, I keep picking up rocks, and there's keep more coming. 
And um, I, that's a never-ending process, but I, so I decided to lay down some sod. And I'm trying to figure out, I have no idea what would be the best way to do it and how much topsoil, if I should use a lot of topsoil. Or... Well, the first thing you need to do is prepare the soil, and generally what you do is rototill that to a depth of about, say, four to six inches. So you might need to rent a, a rototiller because you have the rocky soil, one that's not going to you know, mm-hmm. freak out when it hits a couple of those rocks. And once you get it all loosened up and you can rake out the, the, the top rocks. Yeah, take out as many of those larger rocks and anything that might sort of damage into the meshing and the webbing as the sod comes in. You really want to get rid of some of those big things. And also think about sloping for drainage conditions. Make sure if you have any situations where things might be sloping towards the house, try to fix that grading now. Now's a great time to work on it. Yeah, if you've got any holes or any depressed areas, now's the time to fill them in. And once you get that all filled in and nice and level, what you want to do is pre-water the soil. So you want to water the soil itself first and then lay the sod on top of that so it's nice and damp underneath the sod. And you know, putting the sod in is pretty, pretty easy. It's pretty much like putting a, a puzzle together. But the key here is that after it's done, you've got to water it a lot. I mean, it's really critical that you water that within 30 minutes of installing it. And you want to give it about an inch of water and keep watering it about two to four times a day. Great to water it at night or early in the morning, not kind of in the middle of the day where all the water is going to bake off real quick. But you got to keep it real damp and moist while that sod is taking root. The best time to do any kind of a new lawn is towards the fall. And the reason is because the summer sun has pretty much passed. It makes it easier for the lawn to really take hold. Uh, and grow and grow some pretty deep roots before the sun really beats down on it and and burns it out that much quicker. And Robert, another thing to keep in mind is that when you're ordering the sod, make sure you ask when it's going to be delivered because it needs to be laid as soon as possible after exactly. it arrives. Timing's so if you find critical. out it's going to show up on a Wednesday and you can't do anything with it till Saturday, you know, change that. Make sure you get it and you're able to put it right down because you don't want it to wait more than about 12 hours after arrival. Okay. Good deal. Okay. So when building your new home, there are four things to consider. Are you ready? I thought ready? there were three things to consider. No, no. There's four. Okay. Here's, here's my list. You ready? Okay. Location. Got it. Location. Got it. Location. Those are the three things I had in mind. Mm-hmm. And number four, drainage. Ah, of course. That's right. We're going to tell you how to assess that fourth one right after this. 888-MONEY-PIT. Table saw. <laughs> 18-volt drill driver. 8-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. People often seek creative inspiration when choosing paint colors for their home. And there's no better online tool than Bear from Home, which lets you coordinate, preview, and now sample paint colors from home. Go to bearbehr.com to select from over 3,700 paint colors and order samples for home delivery. For more information, visit bearbehr.com. And remember, when it comes to paint, there's good, better, and bare. Mold is in your house. Chances are, it's breeding behind your walls. In fact, it's been estimated that 70% of all homes could have mold in their wall cavities, particularly when moisture is present. Fortunately, there's an ingenious new way to fight the problem. 
You see, until now, drywall had paper on both sides, and mold eats paper. Which is why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor Plus from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor Plus has glass mat facings on both sides. And no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you are building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor Plus. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. Hello, this is Gary Sinise. The men and women in our military are on the front lines defending our freedom. They are working very hard to bring stability to some very dangerous places and to help make this a much safer world for all of us. But we can't take our heroes for granted. Americans everywhere are joining together to send an important message to those who proudly serve. For your service and sacrifice, your patriotism and devotion, America supports you. Visit americasupportsyou.mil and thank the troops for your freedom. This portion of the Money Pit was brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. You want to start a do-it-yourself project? Well, start it over with us by calling 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974, because we'll help you get it done faster, get it done quicker, and get it done right the first time. 888-666-3974. So maybe you're not choosing a do-it-yourself project. Maybe you are building a dream home, and so you've got the whole plan. It's all there. You see it in your head. And now you got to take the first step in choosing a lot. Well, if you're going to build your dream home, you better make sure that you have enough room for drainage on that lot. The home has to be high enough to allow the soil to slope away from the building on all sides. Diverting the water away from your house in a storm is critical because if you don't, you're going to be suffering from soggy backyards and worse yet, flooded basements and crawl spaces. So consider drainage before you design that house. All right, so we're taking calls right now at 888 Pit. Maybe you've got a call about drainage, but maybe you've got a call just about anything else that might be going on in your house. Don't be shy. We're here to answer them. And guess what? If you call and we answer your question on air, you might be the lucky winner of a great prize this hour. It's a super cool one. It's from Tomboy Tools. And we're going to give away an auto kit that includes a wrench, a screwdriver, a tarp, a flashlight, and a reflective bag to keep everything in. Yeah, it's worth like 83 bucks. And the story behind Tomboy Tools is really pretty interesting because it's a company that was created by a woman for women. I know that you've done some work with these folks. Tell me about them. Number one, they're great. And the reason why I really like what Tomboy Tool does is that they make a tool. It's a great tool. It's well-made. They put some good changes in it so they're better for a woman's hand. But they don't just hand you a power driver and say, have a good time. They hand you a power driver and an education to use it, to use it properly, projects you can do with it. So they're empowering you, in a sense, to make you feel confident to do those tasks. And it doesn't just stop at home improvement. There's plumbing. There's auto kits. They've got a lot of great stuff. So don't be afraid, folks. Plus, it's like a big fat Tupperware party for tools, isn't it? Exactly. But it's interesting, you know, instead of going somewhere and coming home with Tupperware or getting your nails done, you're going home with the knowledge to do the work yourself in your home. And that's really just a fantastic idea. Then ladies can go home and give their husbands the weekend off as they fix up the house, right? 
hey, that's what happens in my house. <laughs> well, call us now if you want to get a chance at winning that uh, Tomboy Tools Auto Kit worth 83 bucks. 888-666-3974. Who's next? Hugh from Montana's up next, and he finds the money pit on KBLL. And you've got something going on with your deck. Tell us about it. Well, I do. It's um, It peels. It's been stained. And uh, I'm probably unique in that I'll admit that I don't understand anything about this kind of <laughs> stuff. But I, I know it's not supposed to peel. Okay. So, so now I think what happened was years ago, I think it was painted. And then uh, it's been stained over it. And, oh, I paid somebody a thousand bucks. Oh, yeah, oh, just a little bit over a year ago to restain it, and it's getting to the stage now, where it needs it Hugh, again. Hugh, that's not a deck. That's a science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh, when you hired this guy and gave him a small vacation's worth of money, um, did he remove whatever finish was on there before? No, what he did, he, uh, he power sprayed it. Okay, well, then that man is not a professional. Let me tell you about this. You can't, number one, you got to remove whatever is there. And you have to also make sure you have a clean surface. And power washing with just water is not cleaning it at all because the water is just moving around the surface debris and it's not getting rid of that dirt. It's like imagine leaving your car outside all year long and you get pollen and dirt and dust and weather effects and bird droppings and then you just hose it down. It's not clean. Same thing with power washing your deck you have to strip whatever finishes there and if you get a good one put it on on the cooler part of a day let it sit there for about 20 30 minutes get a stiff brush then you can use the power washer not too aggressively because that can actually damage the wood so use the pressure washer to wash away all of that and then you can refinish and it will last as long as they guarantee you on that can okay now it, it has you know, this is about the third time around where it's peeled. That's because you've been applying stain over stain over paint. You haven't been getting down to a place where it can adhere because you're just putting it down on top of something that's not sticking well. That's why you're seeing things break down. Okay. Is there any kind of special stain that would provide more ad adhesive power? I guess by definition, stain goes into wood. Mm -hmm. And... Um, is there anything that, you know, goes through what's there? You mean it's going to pierce the the old finish? You no. want to exactly. stop? The, you can't. You can't skip you, the preparation step. You're not listening. <laughs> you got to get rid of the old stuff first. Leslie is 100% right. You're not going to put anything on top of this. It's going to be able to reach down and make all that old stuff go away. Once you have those multiple layers of poorly applied product and poorly prepped product, no matter what you put on top of it, it's going to peel off. You're putting good on top of bad. Yeah, not going to work. You got to get down to the raw wood, and then you put on a good quality stain, and it'll last. And I'm. I'm should be staining. I, I should be sanding this now, or no stripper, a chemical stripper. It's it's look for a good product. Go to the home improvement store. There's a great one from Flood. It's a chemical stripper. Put it on the deck, and it does the work for you. If you put it on there, you'll see the paint start to change and come up and come off, and then give it a good scrub with a stiff brush, and then hose that away. Thank you very much. I will do. I'll look for a chemical stripper. That doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> yeah, but you know what, you? It's legal, all right, buddy? Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Prep is where it's at, though.
All right, Chris in Tennessee is up next, and you've got a sliding door you want to put a window treatment on. Tell us about it. Well, it's uh, it's actually the door to my home office, so I use it from the inside and the outside. It's got a lock on it. And I'm looking for some options for a window treatment that if I were to come in from the outside and hadn't gone out that door in the first place, that I could still operate the window treatment and get, you know, in, in, in the room. That's interesting. So it's bo- it's an interior wall, and you want something that's a window treatment for both sides, both your office and the room on the other side of the door. Well, the other side is the outside. Oh, the other side is the outside. Right. So if I were to come in, if I were to say go out the front door and then decide I wanted to come into my office from the outside, you don't have to push the door. you don't have to right. push the window treatment aside. I have a solution. What about that? Um, what's the uh, Pella Designer series? Yeah, do you already have this door? Or are you open to getting a new one? The door I, I already have. Okay. The treatment I do not have. That's where my problem is. I don't know what to do with it. One of your options is to consider replacing the door. And the reason you might want to do that is because I can't think of a treatment that you're going to be able to operate from the opposite side. However, some of the new doors today, like this one from Pella that Leslie and I were thinking of, has the treatment between the glass panes. Uh-huh. So there, So there is no curtain or window treatment or or vertical blind for you to have to push aside or no hardware for you to have to rig up. And the interesting thing about the Pella window, it's their designer series doors. They have sliding doors, they have patio doors, everything within this line is that traditionally if you were to get a window that has the treatment in the inside, you could never change it. You're just sort of stuck with whatever it is that you've purchased. But their new window, the designer series, has so many options and you're able to open up a third pane of glass and switch that out very easily. Oh, okay. Now, can you open and close this treatment, though, like you would a normal? Absolutely. There's there's a secret lever on the side of the glass on the interior side that slides up and down. So there's no more pull cords. So you don't have to worry about a choking hazard for your kids or your pets. Right. And you just slide this lever up and down, and the blind either opens and closes or the sh- the roller shade rolls up, depending on whatever it is that you pick. You can operate it from the inside without any sort of messy cords. And now's a great time to make an energy-efficient change to a door or a window at home because you get a great tax credit. Well, pets are a great companion when you're involved in a home improvement project. They uh, keep you company when everybody else likes to disappear and not help you out. (laughs) But what if you're working and the dog might get into something? This could be a problem. Yeah, it could be a big problem because you can't keep your eye on your animals the entire time, especially if you want to make sure you finish your project with all 10 of your fingers. So not a good idea to be watching the dog or cat all the time, but it is a good idea to make sure that they're kept safe during any home improvement project. And that's why we're going to have an expert from the Animal Poison Control Center to tell us how to keep your pet safe from your DIY supplies. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Dense Armor Plus, the revolutionary paperless drywall from Georgia Pacific. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. You know, we talk a lot on this program about home improvement safety and how to get those jobs done safely around the house. We certainly don't want you to hurt yourself while you're tackling those home improvement projects. But today we want to talk about how not only to keep yourself safe, but also your pets safe. Because if you're in the middle of your latest DIY project and you notice that your dog is just not himself, it might just be that Spot or Fido could have gotten himself into some home improvement materials, maybe some paint, maybe some stain, maybe he's chewing on some wire, and it just might not be 
good for the dog. Yeah, actually, last year alone, the Animal Poison Control Center handled 100,000 cases of pet poisoning, many of them from common household items. Joining us to talk about how to keep your pets safe from potentially toxic stuff around your house is Dr. Steve Hansen, the executive director of the ASPCA's Animal Poison Control Center. Welcome, Dr. Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Tom. You're very welcome. Dr. Steve, you guys uh, serve uh, a, a wonderful purpose in helping us keep our pets safe around the house. And it occurred to us that, you know, during home improvement projects, things in the house can really get into uh, somewhat of a disarray. I mean, animals are creatures of habit. And uh, when you tear open rooms and you've got all kinds of workers in the house and all kinds of materials around and the carpet's up and the you know, the wood is piled in the living room. I mean, do you think that the animals can get confused and easily into things that they shouldn't be in a situation like that? Um, you're definitely right. And we talk about this frequently about changing the environment that the pet's in. When something new is brought in... Well, they want to check it out. They will check it out. And maybe it's destruction in this case. If they're doing a remodeling project, dogs will, will eat uh, insulation. They will get intestinal obstruction from insulation. It's not really a poisoning issue. Um, but it certainly is a related issue that we do get calls on. There's concern whether or not fiberglass is toxic. Well, it's not necessarily, but it's really a problem when it plugs up the intestinal tract. Yeah, it does for me, too. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cotton candy. No, it's not. It looks like it. It looks it, like it, certainly it though. isn't. Well, it's interesting to see the, uh, the top five most common household hazards uh, for pets. Starts, of course, uh, with food being there at, at number five. Certain types of foods... You don't want uh, your pets to get into, of course, insulation being one of those, which is not really a food. Um, but also I was surprised to learn how many plants around your house, how many, how many of us have house plants that could be really toxic. What are the more toxic uh, types of house plants that pets get into? Well, Tom, one of the most toxic house plants, and this is a great time of year to talk about it, is the Easter lily to cats. We spend a lot of time about talking about inquisitive dogs, but cats will chew on Easter lily plants that are brought in new, this time of the year as we head into spring and head towards Easter, and the Easter lily is deadly to cats. Not well, to what dogs. is it about the Easter lily? And, Leslie, that's a question that we do not know the answer to. It's been well documented that it occurs. Uh, there has not been extensive research into exactly why it occurs. We have had tissues from cats that have died, which is very sad, and examined them. There's a very consistent look to what happens to their kidneys, but we don't know why. It is a mystery, but we do know that cats are very unusual in the way that they handle things that they consume. Is it just from ingesting the leaf, or do you think they have to ingest a lot of it, or just licking it? They actually don't have to ingest much. A leaf or two is more than adequate uh, to cause kidney failure in a cat. Wow. So it doesn't take very much. It does not take much. No, it's rather frightening. So it, it's one of the things that we really stand up and say, do not bring an Easter lily or a tiger lily into a house with a cat. Some of the other things that uh, are, are household hazards for pets include household cleaners, pesticides, and, and medications. And you even have some stats here on the home improvement hazards specifically. Very surprised to see this. 500 cases last year of pets being poisoned by paints or finishes. We do get a fair number of calls with paints. And paints are, are particularly a concern if they're, uh, for example, a stain. You mentioned a stain earlier. It's a, it's a very... Um, low viscosity liquid and what happens when a dog drinks something like a stain or a kerosene turpentine highly fluid liquids highly fluid hydrocarbons they can choke on it they can get it into their lungs and that's when we get into serious trouble 
And they're so inquisitive, they're just going to want to go for it right away. Now, when we're talking about these home improvement objects, if you've already got the paint on the wall and they go over and take a lick, is that not so bad as them drinking some paint from the gallon container? Well, Leslie, if a dog um, walks on, on paint or rubs against paint and then licks themselves or a cat grooms, that's not going to be a serious problem. And most of the time, ingestions of paint, of standard paint, regular latex house paint, um, believe it or not, commonly is not a problem. It will, stain, it will get on the coat, it will get on their muzzle and their mouth, but as long as they don't choke on it, and especially if it's not an oil base, they tolerate it extremely well as long as we keep it out of the lungs. But here's something that's very interesting. You reported 40 cases of lead poisoning last year, and that was just, uh, again, from paint alone. Paint, paint, paint from uh, prior to 1978, of course, as we know, contained lead. And while we try to keep our kids away from lead, um, it's also important to keep the pets away from that lead paint. Uh, that's exactly right. Um, Tom, we do run into lead problems with home improvement, um, and dogs have also been used as sentinel for, for children. If we run into a lead case that's with true. a dog... They're like the canary in the cave. They are. The next question is, do you have children in the house, and do we need to, to recommend that you see your physician and consider having testing done for, for the humans in the house? Well, Dr. Steve, we're just about out of time, but uh, what would you say is the, is the best way to protect your animals during renovations when the house is in a bit of a disarray? Probably the most important thing is awareness, which, which from our perspective is education and why we so appreciate your show, is raising that awareness that things have changed in the house, dogs are inquisitive, and they will go after materials. You're probably spending less time with them, so they're also acting up a little bit. So it is important to realize that. Keep the dog um, in a crate, if you have a crate, or on a leash. Make sure that they cannot get into materials. Make sure that a cat can't fall into the paint can. Cats are, that's more of a problem in my house with a cat when we're painting than it is with a dog. So be aware of that potential concern. Make sure you clean up after yourself. Dispose of things in ways that the dog cannot get to them. Um, if you're using glue products, expanding glues are really very serious. They will actually expand in the stomach and have to be surgically removed, and we get several of those every wow. year. That's something you don't think about. You know, it, it, it's funny since we don't, we don't really eat our home improvement products. We don't, we don't realize <laughs> how good to, they must but taste. You don't. Well, we don't realize how good they must taste to our pets. I know. We just shoot ourselves with nail guns, I think. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are some of the things? Can we use our regular first aid kit that we have around the house, or do we need to add anything special to make it safe for our pets? Well, Leslie, we do like to add a few things to the, to the emergency kit for pets. And one of them is something most people probably have, which is simply a hand dishwashing detergent, a Dawn, an Ivory, or Palm Olive. That is the best way to remove um, oils that have gotten onto a coat, pesticides on the coat. We don't advocate using that type of a, of a soap to wash your pet regularly. It's very hard on the coat, but that's why it works. It strips the oils off. So we do need a, a good hand dish detergent. 3% hydrogen peroxide is what we typically recommend if we want the dog to bring back up what they ate. Now, if they drink a hydrocarbon such as kerosene or, or a varnish or something highly liquid, we don't want them to vomit it up because that increases the chance that they'll get it in their lungs. So we have to be very careful on when we induce vomiting. We like to have a veterinarian recommend when that should be done. But we do like to have 3% hydrogen peroxide in that emergency kit. Well, that's great advice. Dr. Steve Hansen is the executive director of the ASPCA's Animal Poison Control Center. Dr. Steve, thanks so much for sharing your tips with the Money Pit. Thank you, Tom. And we do have a tremendous amount of information on our website, ASPCA.org. Or you can call them at one 888 4 ani help well, Dr. Steve, thanks again for stopping by the Money Pit and filling us in on how to keep our pets safe through any home improvement project.
Well, if you have pets, you probably also have pet stains because they go together. <laughs> well, at least they do in my house. Find out how to deal with them in just a minute. Oh, honey, the heat ruined my hairdo. Not the heat, it's the humidity. Not my scrapbook, too. These pages are soggy. Not the heat, it's the humidity. But we have central air. I turned it up so high, I'm freezing. Why do I still feel so clammy? Why does everything smell musty in this hot weather? Not the heat, it's the humidity. He's right, it's the humidity that adds the swelter to steamy summer heat. What can you do about it? Remove it with an April Air whole home dehumidifier. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. Visit AprilAir.com. Top three reasons I'm going to need a professional installer. Number three, frankly, I'm all thumbs. Number two, they bring it, they put it in, it's done. And number one, you ever try to put in a garage door by yourself? The Home Depot can get it installed, guaranteed, from top to bottom, inside and out. Like that new garage door you've been wanting. Call 1-800-79-DEPOT. The Home Depot. You can do it. We can help. License numbers available at your local store or homedepot.com. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. Hello, this is Gary Sinise. The men and women in our military are on the front lines defending our freedom. They are working very hard to bring stability to some very dangerous places and to help make this a much safer world for all of us. But we can't take our heroes for granted. Americans everywhere are joining together to send an important message to those who proudly serve. For your service and sacrifice, your patriotism and devotion, America supports you. Visit americasupportsyou.mil and thank the troops for your freedom. This portion of the Money Pit was brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, standing by at one eight 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 Money Pit to answer your home improvement questions. All right, folks. So if you happen to have a pet stain or an accident in the house, I know none of us like to admit it. I don't admit it. We know. We, I don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't happen to me. But we all know it does. It's our little secret, though, okay? But here's some things to remember. Always blot the stain. Rubbing the stain can actually drive the stain deeper, so don't do it. And also, avoid using harsh chemicals. You could actually set the stain permanently, and it could void your carpet's warranty. Not like a giant pea stain wouldn't, but seriously, watch out for the chemicals. Well, you know what happens? You can actually cause a chemical reaction between the uh, part that the doggy left and what you put on it, and that actually can bleach the carpet out and, and make it you know make that stain actually white that's why on the instructions it says test in an inconspicuous area which most people never do if you could only get fido to test an inconspicuous area first (laughs) 
All right, folks, but for stubborn stains, remember, consider hiring a professional who is experienced with cleaners and their chemical reactions. That's always a good way to do it because they'll know what they're doing best. Or you can check out, this is personally my favorite product because it works really, really well. And I know that it does because we had a very disobedient small puppy who is now a small dog who kind of still maybe makes accidents sometimes, but we're not talking about that. Anyway, the great product is called 123 Odor Free, and you can get Get it online at justright.com, and that's just R I T E, justright.com. It's super good. And tell Bill I said hello. 888 666 3974. You know, based on the number of calls and letters we get from women, we can definitely tell you that women are far less intimidated by DIY projects. More, more so lately than ever before. And so today we're giving away a prize designed especially for women. It's from Tomboy Tools. It's an auto kit. It comes with a wrench, tire gauge, flashlight, jumper cable, screwdriver, tarp, and a bag to hold it all in place. It's worth 83 bucks. It's going to one caller whose name we draw out of the Money Pit hard hat. So to qualify, call us right now at one eight 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 money pit You must come on the air and ask a home improvement question. Debbie in Ohio has a mysterious odor coming from her son's bathroom. Are you sure he hasn't hidden some gym socks in there? <laughs> well, he is a teenager, so you never know. Always possible. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So tell us about it. Where do you smell it? What's it like? What's, where's it coming from? Well, we, um, we built our home about six years ago, and it, we are on a septic tank system. And it is, only seems to be in their bathroom and it's not all the time, and it only seems to be certain times. And it is distinctly like you would think would be a septic tank odor, and I don't know what's causing it. But, hmm. um, and it's a it's, bathroom that you use quite frequently. Obviously, the kids are using it. Absolutely, yes. And um, none of the, we have three other bathrooms in the home, and we don't have that problem with those bathrooms. So, well, generally, if there is an odor problem, it has to do with venting. Somewhere the vent is not properly installed, or more importantly, there's no trap. Um, the first place I would be checking would be the sink, because if there is a trap that's missing in that area, you're going to have an open connection to the waistline, and that would, that would explain the occasional waft of sewage And gas. how would you just visually check by well, checking that there's no under, trap? First of all, when you look under the sink, you want to look for a big U-shaped piece of pipe that goes down and then comes up again because that U-shaped pipe is called the P-trap and that's where the water is stored. So there's always some water just sitting in the bottom there. Right. And hence, hence, hence that's why it's called a trap because it basically it traps the, the sewage gas. Okay. So that could be coming from the sink and not necessarily the commode because we are septic tanks. Correct. I mean, it's all part of the same seat, same drainage system. All that water goes to the same place. And so if there's a trap missing somewhere or if it's dried out, then that would explain why you're getting odor. The other place it could be is in, you have a tub or a shower in there. We have a uh, tub. So the Good other shower. place it could be yeah. is, in, is in the tub. Um, if you can narrow down which one seems to be the source of the odor, when you start to smell it, kind of maybe do a little nose inspection a little closer and see if you can figure out if it's the sink or the tub. Um, it's most likely a, a problem with the with the waste system there not being properly vented and not having a proper trap. And not necessarily the commode, but either the, one of no, the because see the commode is full the... of water all the time, so okay. it's probably not the commode. Okay. All right. Could it be you know it's a double sink? Could it be the sink that they don't tend to use as often? Absolutely. It could if be. It, it could be that the trap has dried up. 
Yeah, that's right. That that trap is dried up. There's no water in there. It could be as simple as putting some more water in there. Okay, Debbie? Great. So wait, they're not fighting and they're sharing one sink? Well, one's off to college now, actually. Oh. <laughs> but no, I they really s- did very well. <laughs> I have to give them credit for that. Up next, when you're lucky enough to have beautiful tall ceilings, maybe even a cathedral-type ceiling, what do you do about insulation? We're going to tell you what to do in that situation next. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium Plus Interior Sateen Kitchen and Bath Enamel with advanced NanoGuard technology to help consumers protect these areas, keeping them looking new longer. For more information, visit bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. 888 Money Pit is the number that's available to you 24 hours a day. Our live call screeners always standing by to take your question, and we will call you back if we're not in the studio when you call the next time that we are. Another way to reach out to us is to log on to our website at moneypit.com where you can find everything we've ever written about home improvement. And when you get through those two pages, maybe you'll send us an email. (laughs) No, only kidding. There's thousands of articles there. So let's jump into that email bag. Okay, Ralph in Montana writes, I just put an addition on our home. I have a 3 by 8 open rafters, and because of the small slope, the pitch is only 1.5 by 12. How can I insulate my ceiling? Uh, good question, Ralph. If you want to insulate an open ceiling like that, there's a couple of ways to do it. First of all, it could be done on top of the roof surface through what's called a sandwich insulation system. And basically, that means you put in thick slabs of foam and then more plywood and then roof on top of that. That's very often done like when you have like a log house. Or you could insulate that cathedral ceiling, but you have to leave at least a two-inch air gap all the way between the insulation and the underside of the sheathing and some ventilation at the top and the bottom so that air can flow through and it could breathe properly. All right, you should be nice and toasty out there in big sky country, Ralph. Thanks for writing in. Well, it is once again time to get out and do lots of summer barbecues. And I have a question for you, Leslie. I have a gas grill, Mm -hmm. but some barbecuers absolutely swear by charcoal. So this hour, I understand you're going to weigh in with your Leslie's Last Word segment on the benefits of charcoal versus gas. That's right. A charcoal grill can actually give your grilling a different flavor, especially if you use fragrant wood chips in your coals. And you don't want to pour them directly on top of your coals. There's a special little metal tray that you can place on top of the coals that will help smoke whatever it is that you're cooking with those flavored chips. And here are a few pointers about lighting your charcoal grill, which you know can sometimes be tricky. Here we go. Make sure you put your grill in a well-ventilated area. I know it sounds basic, but some people drag that grill into the garage in the event of rain. Don't do it. Make sure you stack the briquettes in a mound and soak them with the liquid starter. Then immediately light that mound and step way back. Now you want to wait until the flames go out and the coals are covered with a gray ash before you start cooking. That way they're uniformly heated and have a good temperature. And don't spray starter on any lighted coals. The flame could travel up that stream of flammable liquid and cause a giant explosion. So that is a bad idea. And plus that, remember, that's in your hand. So that's a really bad idea. And remember, never start a grill fire using gasoline. Although these days you probably wouldn't waste a precious drop of your gasoline outside of your car. So good things to keep in mind and enjoy that grilling. 
And one more tip. If you have a vinyl-sided house, make especially sure that grill uh. is well, well, well away from the wall. I can't tell you how many times I've seen grill damage on vinyl-sided houses. That you wouldn't really see it if it was wood-sided or, or bricks Mm-hmm. Or, or even like mm-hmm. uh, but hardy the vinyl plank. tends to melt. Vinyl melts in this like halo pattern. It's very distinctive, and you know what it happened. And there's absolutely no way around it. So that radiant heat really does travel. Always pull that grill well away from your house, and never use it on an enclosed balcony. Really bad idea. Or even inside of a of a garage with the door open, because charcoal also emits tons of carbon monoxide that can make you really, really sick. Well, coming up next week on The Money Pit, we're going to tell you how to safely enjoy your 4th of July fireworks. We'll tell you how to find out which fireworks are legal in your state and how to make sure that no one gets hurt while you're having fun. That's coming up next week on The Money Pit. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Remember, our website available 24-7, as is our telephone number, moneypit.com and 1-888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.